back with us is Bible teacher slash author slash our friend, Trillia Newbell, 52 Weeks in the Word. Trillia, welcome back. How you doing? Thanks for having me. I am doing well. 52 Weeks in the Word, guys. It is a book that has been so helpful for folks beginning the brand new year, but you can actually begin any time. It's a way to read through uh, the Bible in a year, but you can opt for, uh, you don't have to. This this is not legalism, okay? We always talk about reading the Bible and how important it is, and it is, mm. but there's a lot of grace, and you want to make sure you digest what you eat, so mm-hmm. to speak, you know, what you feed your soul. It's not a race. It's either. not a race. No, yeah. it's not, but it's great to have a framework and Trillia yes. has put this together, and you can start anytime, 52 Weeks in the Word. But uh, we want to highlight the podcast, and so we've asked uh, Trillia to come back and kind of give us a heads up on what she's been doing with that. And let me tell you, Trillia, you have been really, really busy. Uh, my goodness, we're, we're going to try to cover some ground here. Um, Exodus, Jen Wilkin. Jen was also with you. We were talking about Genesis the last time you paid us a visit. But uh, themes of Exodus with Jen, maybe a, a big idea for us to grab onto. Yeah, you know, it's funny because right now in my Bible reading, I am about, I started Deuteronomy. So I'm like, what is Exodus about again? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just kind of start moving on. But yes, um, some of the things that Jen talked about, which was really interesting, and and I'm not going to be able to regurgitate it, so I hope that people will just go back and listen to the podcast, but she talked a lot about kind of the the womb themes, like themes of, of birth, which is really interesting, oh. and so I would encourage people to go back and listen, because I had not thought of some of the growth, the pains that they were going through is, is, um, as, 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 kind of birth pain. So so I encourage people to go back and listen as you read through um, Exodus. It's, it's just really fascinating. But I also, we've had such a joy um, talking about the law with Elizabeth Woodson, who is one of a, she's kind of a newer to us author, but she has been working in uh, Bible teaching for a very long time. And thinking through the goodness of the law. I think so often we think of the law and we think of it, it, it as a negative. And, 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 and it was, it was just refreshing to think through, okay, well, how is, how is this good? And one of the things that I, as I've been reading and, and learning more about the Lord is that he graciously gives us everything we need. And this is for us today. And also then Israel then. And so that to me, I think is some of the themes that I have been um, kind of clinging to God's holiness, his justice, but his mercy, his grace and his provision mm-hmm. and how he would provide yeah. even the law is a grace. See, Leviticus right. is one of those uh, books that that in numbers, which uh, your your latest podcast is with Lauren Chandler talking about numbers. We'll get to that in just a moment. But, you know, for us, uh, you know, many of us who are starting to read the Bible through, you know, of a, of, you know in a year, it's like, man, when I get to Leviticus, it's kind of like walking in, in mud. Uh, and then I yeah. get to numbers, and it's like walking in concrete, and that's just—it's <laughs> just so difficult. And that's why this podcast is so helpful because it it lightens the load and gives us a bird's eye view of things, so we're not overwhelmed. So I applaud you for that. 
Thank you. And I just want to give people a little tip. When you're reading Leviticus, one of the things that you can do is look for either look right out, write out some of the commandments that the Lord was giving them and um, write out who is for. So in other words, God commands us to love him with all our hearts, mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. Any, any obedience is clearly uh, obeying God. But when you look at these uh, laws, you can maybe write out, okay, was this for each other, one another, or was this toward God? Like have no, no other idols and other things like that. I think that's an active way to get through Leviticus, but it also reveals so much about the Lord. Mm-hmm. So that is one of the things. And Elizabeth talked about kind of that as well. Look for repetition. Look for things like that. But, but those are just the w- ways to actively read through the word, read through Leviticus, because here's the reality. Where I am in my Bible reading, a lot of people don't quite get there because, like you said, Leviticus, I, I can't remember if you, you, you said numbers was concrete. I can't remember Leviticus. <laughs> walking, walking in mud sometimes. Walking in mud, yeah. yeah. So it's hard. It's, and, and I think we can say that. We can say it out loud without mm-hmm. any guilt. It is hard to get through. Um, but if we can actively read and look for, okay, where do we see the Lord? Where do we see Jesus insofar as the gospel being um, foretold or foreshadowed? Where can we see um, his mercy, his grace, his justice, his goodness? Why are these things good? Actively reading helps you get through it. But yes, yeah, yes. yeah. You know, you know what though? Jesus is really there. I mean, he's there from Genesis to Revelation. Right. He's all over the book of Leviticus. Mm-hmm. When I realized that, the the day it's like the light bulb went off above my head. I'm like, oh my goodness, it's reading the Bible with a Jesus lens. He's there, he's everywhere. Yeah. Amen. What if you bump into something and it and it just sounds so foreign to you? Like this can't be. I mean, I understand the words, but is it English? What does it mean? What What if you bump into one of those things and say, how can that be? Now, there's two different how can it be. You said, because you mentioned, <laughs> is this English? Yeah. There's, I mean, right. So our our Bible's translated from Hebrew. Right. So, so you might circle that word or write it down and then look at it look it up later. Because there are some things where we're like, now, wait, why are they measuring this? What is this? Mean? Yeah. And, and that's okay to, to not to know, but we can always research because there are lots of experts who've done that work and we can kind of gain some knowledge there. Now, there are other things that are just perplexing. I was reading something and I can't remember where it was. And I thought, no, wait a minute. How, it may have been in how, Abraham, Abraham had how many wives? Like, what's mm-hmm. going on here? Or um, did God feed them and then they, he ordered them to be killed? Wait, what, what's happening here? Yeah. Those are things I think the reality is that some of the stories and some of the um, rituals and some of the, uh, the, the customs are downright confusing. And I think one thing that's really important for us to realize, and Mark Moore kind of talked about this in the psychology of interpretation, is that we have a lens that we come to the Bible with. And if we can remember that for the majority of your listeners, it's probably a Western lens, and Mm -hmm. we're coming with our Western lens as we're reading the scriptures, 
that helps us to, one, not misinterpret <laughs> or add to the scriptures, but right. also to realize that as we're reading, um, there may be customs and, and things that for that time were normal that w- would not apply now or that Jesus has fulfilled and we don't have to do and, and um, or abolished. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. So I think those are the kinds of things that we just have to be aware of. Of, but just like if we don't understand the language or we can write that down and then go and research it later to try to gain better understanding. But always remembering that God's character doesn't change. So God is always loving, always good, always just, always name it. He doesn't, he can't divide himself. And so remembering those things as we're reading those complex, confusing stories or, um, circumstances, I think it's very helpful. Mm-hmm. Trillia Newbell is hanging out with us this morning, and 52 Weeks in the Word, it's a book, and then, of course, we're talking about the podcast. And Trillia, you brought up Mark Moore and the psychology of interpretation. I want to ask you uh, some more questions about that. Also, we want to get to the Book of Numbers, and we're going to do that, too. If you would like to plug into this podcast, and we hope the answer is yes, I'm all over it, if you just text the word... Word. Just text Word to the Curtin Kate hotline. We'll send you a link to uh, the podcast. Word. That's all you need to send us. Text out Word to 888-777-6810. You can do that right now. This is good food for your soul. After all, it's God's Word. Something you touched on um, was the Psychology of Interpretation episode with Mark Moore. Um, I, th- I find that to be very fascinating. And, and you were mentioning, you know, the way that we approach Scripture in our particular context. Man, what did you learn from that conversation? Maybe uh, the big takeaway from that. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I learned and that I knew, but I don't think I knew how to put into words, was that we do things, we categorize things, and we also select we read selectively, which I knew that. And you can see that even in the way that we share maybe on Instagram, that our favorite scripture, we have like the one thing that we hang on to. But we do that as we read. We read and we interpret things the way that we want to hear them mm-hmm. and rather than the way that the, the author intended. And so there, there's a lot of that in our which is why he called us the, the psychology of interpretation in the way that we read the word and the way that we share the word. And so his, his um, encouragement to us is really to, to make sure we interpret it rightly. And the more that we're aware that we're coming with our own assumptions and we're coming with our own background and, and our own um, the, kind of assumptions and, and, and biases, yeah. Biases, thank yeah. you. Um, yeah. yeah, that that that's helpful to come and know, okay, this is what this is how we're gonna read God's word. And confirmation bias, that is rampant. You know, we only look for information that confirms what we already think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And and we can see that even in the way that we're we think about abundance or we we think about um, God. I'm going to give you a real specific example. God will, um, God will finish the good work he began is a promise. But things like um, God will do all things for the good of those who love him and all things work together for the good of those who love him. Okay, 
we can take that and apply it to material things, <laughs> or we can the take um, scripture and assume a promise of uh, never suffering. Mm-hmm. Those are the kinds of things that we can take and and apply to God's word that God never said, and we can then. Well, one, it's it's a prosperity gospel, so mm-hmm. it's an addition to the gospel, so that's wrong. But then it's also just not what he said. And those those are the ways that we, when we have some kind of um, misunderstanding of God's word, misunderstanding of his character, or we've been taught wrong, or we have this hope, and and that's how we read it. I, I think there is a a real danger in in misapplying not just the scriptures but his character and then we can we can leave the faith we can completely abandon um the lord if we aren't getting what we think we mm. we deserve yeah. and right. so there's mm, yeah sure. there's a lot of dangers in it yeah what about when we're reading the word because primarily that's how god speaks to us that's uh, you know his written word it's inspired it's authoritative it is inerrant all of that when god speaks he speaks through his word and never contradicts it etc cetera, etc cetera. but there have been times trillia where i'm reading the word and i'm dealing with something and i've been praying about it and there is a scripture that will pop up that really kind of speaks to my situation and it's not necessarily in context but I've been praying for God's guidance regarding a matter, and I've applied it to my own life. So there's room to do that. We just have to be careful. How do you how do you handle those moments? Have you ever experienced something like that too? Absolutely, absolutely. Especially when you read the, through the Psalms, which have there there's so many different contexts and so many. It's you, but what I remember is is it within the character of God? Then hmm. then it's then it's true for me. And so I can't, there are certain things that have a, a place and a time, but God's character, God is the God of the Old Testament, the New Testament, and today. So his character does not change. So we can look and read through something and say, okay, God, I may not be going through the the wilderness and I may not, you know, read or experience God in a burning bush. <laughs> yeah. But we can trust that God's going to see us through. Mm-hmm. We can trust that God's going to be with us throughout it, that God's going to provide, that God's going to care for us, that God's going to hear us because we Jesus is interceding for us. Now, those are true. And so I am not going to be able to take every situation for that Israel, for example, experience and apply it directly to my life. But I can take every bit of God's character and trust that, okay, the God who was faithful here is the God who was faithful there mm. and who is the God who's going to be faithful to me. That I can take home. I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's so helpful for us. And you know what? Sometimes we just put too much pressure on ourselves, uh, you know, where we're like, oh, man, I'm afraid I might misinterpret the Bible. I'm so grateful, aren't you, Trillia, for all the resources we have? Yes. Like the Moody Bible Commentary is always, mm-hmm. yes. I know that sounds kind of like self-serving because we're Moody Radio, but it's always within uh, arm's reach, you know, uh, when I'm studying the Bible. It's so, so helpful as a single volume. But we have all of these helps. And do you use any Bible software to help you study the Bible? Um. 
I don't. I, I know that there are so many wonderful software applications like Logos. There's lots of wonderful right. things. I yeah. do not use a lot of software, but I do use the, the Moody Bible in um, commentary. I do use uh, the ESV Study Bible. I have an African Study Bible. I so there's lots of resources that I use, and when I'm trying to go deeper, or right. if like we mentioned earlier, if I don't quite understand what the text is saying in so far as the language, I will go and look and do a word study or things like that. But I don't use a lot of software. I There's um the, I believe it's called Bible Hub that I enjoy going to because you can look up Greek and you can look up Hebrew and you can see other commentaries that are um, in the public domain now and free to read. Um, but yeah, so software, not so much, but there's lots out there that's wonderful. But other book-type resources and um, also, and I would encourage your listeners to check out Bible to Life. It is a Oh, a yeah, website. we've talked about this. This is great yes. stuff. I love it. It is. It's a website that you can look at big questions, and a lot of it is um, pulled from our books at Moody Publishers. And so I say our because I do work for Moody Publishers. I need to just go ahead and put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> and we love that. Yes. Yeah, we do. Yes, yes. 